According to 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 15, that believers are to make a defense for the hope that you have. Also Philippians chapter 1 verse 7, It is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment, and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. We are commanded to defend the word of God, the context of the word of God, and the purity of the word of God. This is the defender of the word of God. Good evening, family and friends. Welcome again to another broadcast of The Defender. My name is James Fox, and I'm so excited to have you with us today. Our date today is Sunday, November the 18th, 2018. And I'm telling you, this year has just flew by. I don't know about y'all, but it's just been a really, really quick work that's happened this year. But listen, we are so excited and honored to be able to come before you once again on the broadcast and to uh, disseminate the Word of God in a way that's practical, that's beneficial, and prayerfully it has been really challenging you in your walk with the Lord to come closer to God and to get uh, things that you need for your life so that you can be empowered and you can walk in the victorious way that God wants you to. So we are back again at the desk on the Defender, we want to thank the Resilient Christian Radio Network for allowing us to broadcast once again. Uh, we want to say thank you to our listening audience, all of you that are out there. Uh, we're just thankful that you listen, uh, whether you reply or not, but just turning on your uh, phone and uh, or dialing in to the radio and being able to get the broadcast. Listen, we really appreciate your support. And we want to tell you as well, we do have a way to support uh, James Fox Ministries. You can go to anchor.fm forward slash the hyphen defender. That's anchor.fm forward slash the hyphen defender. When you go there, you will be directed to our page. You will be directed to the defender broadcast page. And on that page, we have a three-tier level that you can become a partner with us and participate in supporting the ministry. The three-tier level is one is at 99 cents a, a, a month that you can join in with that. And in that way, you can get on the broadcast. You can see all of our archive messages, our broadcast, things that we do on a week-to-week -week basis if you miss a program, it is uploaded to our page on anchor.fm. And so you can go there and you can get any episodes that you've missed. We got a range of topics. We cover a lot of different issues, a lot of different things. And I'm sure, matter of fact, I'm positive that you will find something there that will speak directly to your situation. So become a partner with James Fox Ministries with the Defender Broadcast and be a help to us. We also have a second tier level that you can become a partner with us at $4.99 a month. And then we have the three tier level, which is the third one, which is at $9.99 a month. So you have three levels, whichever one that you feel comfortable in your giving at the 99 cent, the $4.99 or the $9.99, you can become a partner and help us to stay on the air and get this word out. So thank you for that. Like I said, it's been a, a quick year that has went by, but we are so excited to have the opportunity to come before you once again and to bring the word of God in a systematic and a way that hopefully is speaking to your situation, hopefully speaking to you in the areas of your life and things that you may be dealing with. So we are just excited about that. You can also, uh, you can contact us at the defender of God at gmail.com. Once again, that's the defender of God at gmail.com. That is our email address. And at that place, you can leave any suggestions, any comments, uh, any ideas that you may have about any upcoming shows. If there's any topics or things that you're hearing us cover that you need more clarity on or you want to hear more of, we would love to hear from you. So that's thedefenderofgod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Now, tonight, 
we're really going to deal with something that I believe is going to set many people free. Uh, prayerfully, it's going to impact you in a way that will help you see things a little bit different. So if we had a title for our broadcast tonight, it would be called Not In My Family. I'm going to say that again. Tonight's broadcast would be called Not In My Family. Now, you can hear the defender, like I said, every Sunday we're on at 6 o'clock p.m. We come on 6 o'clock Central Standard Time. We're on at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time and 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time. This is week in and week out that we come on bringing these broadcasts to you that will be fresh, invigorating, and hopefully they will supply the life that you need. So once again, we said our broadcast tonight is called Not In My Family. Now, when we say not in my family, we are making a statement. We're making a broad statement, but we're making a very uh, purposeful statement when we say not in my family. So my question to you, family and friends, is what are you going to allow to not be in your family? I'm going to let that sit for a moment. See, because once you become... A believer, once you begin to walk with God, there are certain things that you will not allow to continue to be in your family downline. Did you get that? There are some things that you may have witnessed growing up. You may have witnessed them just in your everyday life that you are not going to allow to continue in your family anymore. And see, for you to be able to confront that, you're going to have to be courageous. Because how many people know that sometimes when you begin to change the dynamic, when you begin to change the criteria of what your family structure is based up on, you are going to meet a lot of opposition. Because many of us come into this world with things that are already laid out before us. We're born into a certain family. They have a certain proclivity. They do things a certain way. They have certain traditions within the family. And especially we're going to deal with the religious traditions when it comes to family dynamic. And we're going to talk about that tonight. We're going to open it up with a couple of uh, passages in the word of God that's going to allude to certain things that were happening in a particular family or families that a believer rose up and said it's not going to happen anymore. So this is going to be uh, freeing for a lot of you that are listening tonight. Now, I can't tell you how many people that I've run into through the years that want to break free from a particular tradition that's been in their family, particularly religious tradition that has kept them in bondage for years. Did you get that? So I'm going to need you to strap on your seatbelt because we're going to really deal with some, some real stuff tonight. We're going to deal with some things tonight that may make some people uncomfortable. And once you become stretched, once your spirit has been stretched, once your understanding has been enlightened and you've come to a certain place in God, you can't go back. I'm going to say that again. Once you've gotten to a certain place in God, ladies and gentlemen, family and friends, you cannot go back. It's like a rubber band. Once it gets stretched, it gets stretched. It gets pulled. It will not have that same elasticity that it had before in that particular position that it was in because it's been stretched. And so our job when we come on this broadcast is to always stretch you further than you were the last time we engaged you. Did you get that? We, our job, what we are uh, espousing to do is to stretch you beyond the place where you were the last time we engaged you. Because how many people know as a believer, as somebody that's walking with the Lord, you are supposed to be challenged. You're supposed to be stretched. You're supposed to be taken to new levels and new heights and new dimensions. You should never be staying in the same place within your spirit. 
You should always be gaining access to new areas, gaining access to new levels, new uh, places of understanding. Your mind should be enlightened with new ideas. There should be fresh concepts that get downloaded into your spirit. There should be new waves of illumination and revelation that comes to you when you come in contact with the presence of God. So just on those statements alone that I just said, how many of you in the places where you attend worship, where you go to church Sunday after Sunday, that these things are taking place with you? I'm going to let that sit for just a second. How many of you are actually being challenged to go to new heights and new dimensions in Christ in the place where you worship? You see, like I said, I've met many of people through the years that even though they know that it's better things for them, even though they know that it's things that they have grown up with, things that they have seen throughout their life, things that they've been accustomed to seeing on a day-to-day basis or a week-to-week basis, and they just get comfortable in that, and they get exposed to something different, something that's new, something that takes them to a new level in God. And rather than go the route that has been exposed to them, they go back into the same traditional muck that they were in before. Many times it's because there is a spirit. Let me put it in that terms. There is a spirit that is hovering over that family lineage. And that spirit may be operating as a place of power and control and manipulation. Did you get that? That spirit may be operating as a place of power, control, and manipulation. Now, these things can be identified or personified, we should say, in different individuals that may have the jurisdiction over the family bloodline. I'm going to let that sit for just a minute. So who in your particular family tree or in your particular family lineage is holding the keys or holding the positions of power when it comes to where you go to worship, where you go to experience God. So I'm telling you, this is going to be uncomfortable for some people tonight. It's going to be very uncomfortable for some people because the Lord in his mercy is wanting to open your eyes so you can see something that you haven't seen before. And that you can experience him in a way that you haven't experienced before. Like I said, I can't can't tell you how many people I've met through the years that refuse to leave a place because they're locked into the tradition of what their family has been accustomed to or what their family has brought them up in. And they refuse to leave. It's not that they don't want to leave, but even they don't have the power to. Because they made statements like, if I leave, it will disrupt everything in my family. If I leave, I will be disowned. If I leave, I will be considered the rabble rouser. I'll be considered the rebellious one. When in fact, you know that the place that you are at, that they are doing things that has no scriptural foundation or basis in the word of God. Do you hear that? So this is a challenge tonight, and we're going to open it up with the word of God, and we're going to bring out some things that's going to bring some light. It's going to shed some light in this area. So before we begin, let's go ahead and pray. Let's pray and ask God, ask the Holy Spirit to come in and to move this in the way that he sees fit. Can you pray with me? Let's do that. Father, we thank you for the broadcast this evening. Thank you for the listening ear. Father, we're asking for the the breaker anointing to be on this set tonight. We're asking, Holy Spirit, for you to come and to break people free from the bondages, the shackles, and the chains that may be locked around their spirit, whether it be in the generational bloodline, family ties, familiar ties, 
personal ties or whatever it may be. But Father, we need to see a new light today. And so I thank you, Lord, that you'll remove any hindrances from your voice speaking clearly through this medium that you'll be able to bring your people to a place of rest, of solitude, and of assurance. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So as you know, when you come on a broadcast, you need your Bible with you. You need something where you can access the scriptures. So you see me or you hear me turning my pages. So I'm going to ask you, family and friends, if you would turn to this particular passage of scripture, we're going to go to the book of First Kings, and it's going to be in chapter 15. First King chapter 15. And we're going to begin reading there. We're going to start in verse 9. We're going to start in verse 9. I am reading out of the King James Version for all of you that are just tuning in to our broadcast. This is The Defender. And our show tonight, what we are speaking about is called Not In My Family. It's called Not In My Family. So here we're bringing this story in regards to some things that was happening in this particular family. And so we're going to open this up in 1 Kings chapter 15. Let's go ahead and let me give you a backdrop of this, okay? So you can get an understanding. This is talking about some, uh, these are some connections. These are some connections in the family. And in this place, we are understanding that it takes a person that's in authority to be able to remove something that was currently in authority. Did you get that? It takes an authoritative place to move something that was reigning or that had preeminence or that was dominant in a place of authority. You see that? So authority speaks to authority. So let's read here in 1 Kings 15 and 9. We're reading. Let's go ahead and read this. So I'll begin to read. You can read along with me, okay? It says, And in the 20th year of Jeroboam, king of Israel, reigned Asa over Judah. And 41 years reigned he in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Makkah, the daughter of Abishalom. It says, and Asa did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord, as did David, his father. And he took away the Sodomites out of the land and removed all the idols that his fathers had made. Verse 13. And here it is. It says, and also Makkah, his mother, even her, he removed from being queen because she had made an idol in a grove and Asa destroyed her idol and burnt it by the brook Kidron. So now, let me give you a bit of a backdrop from the story taken from uh, this excerpt. So understand this, that here is a man that was raised up to be a king and he had to remove someone that was sitting in the place of a queen. And the particular thing about this is that this was an individual that was in his family bloodline. Now it says here, the mother his mother, but she was sitting as his mother. She had relation to him. And in actuality, she was the grandmother, according to scripture, of King Asa. So we understand that what's happening right here is a purging that's going on, a purging in the land. And so what I'm saying to you out there, family and friends, is that when you make the decision that something is not going to be in your family, there is a purging that has to take place. If you've been in a family that certain practices and certain things are going on, 
that are contrary to the word of God, you, my friend, are going to have to stand up in your belief. You're going to have to stand up in your faith and take action and purge your house, purge your family lineage. So in this story, this is what we're talking about, the purging of an idolatrous stream that was going on in this particular family. Notice I said that Asa was raised up as a king and he had to remove his grandmother who sat as a queen because she was involved in the idolatrous pagan worship of those in the land where they live. She was influenced by it. And basically what that's telling you and me is that if you are involved in a church setting and you are in there and you know that you are in a place and the things that they are doing are contrary to the word of God, then it's up to you once you become enlightened to remove yourself and remove those that are up under your authority. Do you see that? So the backdrop of this is when Azariah, he was the son of Oded, he was um, he was a wise man and a prophet. He came to Asa, and so he was just encouraging Asa. He was like, "Listen, uh, you're gonna, you know, now that you become king, you're gonna have to reinforce the the observance of 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 our faith. You're gonna have to stand up for what we believe in." And so, what happened was King Asa. He said, yes, you know, I, I'm going to do that. You put me in authority. I'm going to get rid of all of this nasty stuff that's been going on in the family bloodline. Now, for you and me, it could be something uh, different. Uh, for me, I can take, say particularly it could be the present influence of alcoholism and drug addiction and, and covetousness and gambling uh, and uh uh, per, per, promiscuous activity and things of that nature. Uh, all of those different kind of things were present in my family lineage. And so for me, as a man of God, I had to stand up and say that it's not going any further than me. Do you see that? I'm cutting it off right here. And for many of you that are listening to this broadcast, you're going to have to make the same decision to say that I'm cutting off everything that was ungodly in my family bloodline. And now that it's gotten to me and I'm a born again believer, I'm standing up in my faith in God and I'm cutting off the foolishness and the nonsense. Do you get that? So we understand that Asa in this, it says he's purging the land of all these uh, former religious worships, all of these uh, things that were contrary to the things of God. You see, the nation had entered into a covenant and they entered into an oath. And so even in doing that, he had to go a step further. Not only as king did he purge the land of all the idolatrous and the, 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 the nasty practices that they were doing, you know, they were doing everything, everything that you see going on in today's time. It was a direct reflection of what was going on then. So he had to take it a step further because there was the queen mother that was sitting in a place of authority. And that was Makah. You see that. And so it says that he dis he deposed her. He deposed her. He said, I'm getting you out of your position. I'm removing you from being the queen mother. Basically, he's telling this uh, spirit that I'm removing you from my family bloodline. Do you see that? I'm removing your influence from the family bloodline. No longer are you going to reign as queen mother over our family when you are participating in things that does not reverence and respect and honor the God of the Bible. You see that? It says, so he deposed her because why? She was involved with the local gods. She was involved in all of their satanic practices. They worship and they believe. And all of these things were practiced by the, the neighboring peoples. And so when the religious tradition transition was completed, uh, you know, it says that Asa went and they held a feast after that. So there was a, a feast. There was a celebration that went on. But he did have to take the step 
and man up and remove this queen mother who truly it was a spirit that was anti-God. It was anti-Christ. He had to remove that from his family line. So my question to you is, who is the ruling authority in your family line that's keeping you and your children and descendants coming after you from getting the fullness of what God has for you? I'm going to let that sit for just a second. That takes some pondering on your part to hear that and to, to surmise that in your spirit. How many people out there are locked up in a church and will not leave it, even though you know that they are practicing things that are unrighteous, ungodly? Even you know that people that are in leadership are not living the espoused Christian lifestyle as pertains to the word of God, yet you still stay there. Do you see that? And so we're not advocating church hopping. We're not advocating leaving um, people just because you get an attitude about something. No, no, no. We're not saying that at all. We are saying really look at this thing and really look deep into this thing. Because in this particular scripture, the queen mother was sitting in a place of authority, but there was all kind of wickedness that was going on and she had her family tied up in it. You see that? So there was a reason now God comes and brings a severing sword to the things that are like him and the things that are unlike him. And so that's what we're advocating. What is the reigning principality or the reigning spirit that's governing in your family affairs? Is there one there? Have you dug deep enough in prayer to find out? Have you been one of the individuals that wanted to leave that old church that you know they're not doing right? Now, I'm not talking about the ones that are doing right because there's two sides to this thing. There are those that are have been set as landmarks and they have been uh, following God and they're doing things the right way and they're honoring God and the spirit is there in the house and people are living consecrated lives. And we're not talking about those. We're talking about those ones or actually it's not even the people. It's the spirit that's behind it. That's keeping other individuals from reaching their full capacity in Christ. So let's look at another passage here. Now, that was the queen mother that was sitting that had to be deposed of. But then we're going to look at another one. And this was a woman who had a wicked husband but she had a good son and she in fact was standing on the right side of God. She in fact was a mother who was influencing her son to come up in the right way, regardless of what was going on with the father. Do you see that? So let me give you a backdrop of this one here as we go here. Now in here, we're going to be reading in second Kings. Now we're going to go to chapter 18. So let's go there. Second Kings chapter 18. Let's go there. Now, before we was talking about King Asa and how he deposed of his grandmother for the wickedness that was in the land. Now here, we're going to be talking about this family connection. And this family connection is actually talking about King Hezekiah. And we're speaking about his mother, whose name was Abi or Abijah. That's Abi or Abijah. So let's read here and let's get an understanding. So in 2 Kings chapter 18, it says, Now it came to pass in the third year of Hosea, son of Eli, king of Israel, that Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, began to reign. It says, 20 and five years old, was he when he began to reign and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name also was Abi, the daughter of Zechariah. It says, and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that David, his father did. Verse four, very key. It says, and he removed the high places and break down, he break the images and cut down the groves 
and break in pieces the brazen serpent that Moses had made. For unto those days, the children of Israel did burn incense to it. And he called it Nuhashtan. You see that. So here we have King Hezekiah. And the backdrop of this story is talking about his mother. His mother in this place was someone who reverenced God. Her name was Abi, and she was the daughter of Zechariah. Now, she was the daughter of Zechariah, who was a prophet, and Zechariah had an understanding of the visions of God. And he was one of the witnesses used by Isaiah. You can read about that in Isaiah chapter 18. So she became married to a man who was a godless individual. His name was Ahaz, H-A-A-H-A-Z. But she was also the mother of a godly king. So her name, uh, Abijah or Abi, uh, is, is a, it's a contraction in her name. So we understand that from her, despite the idolatry of the bloodline that she was in, she married into uh, a bloodline where her husband was outside of the will of God. Her husband was not moving in the will of God, even though he was a royal line. So despite this idolatry, she counteracted any evil influence over their son. You see that? She counteracted. She didn't let it happen. She stood in her place as a mother and she counteracted all of the evil influences that the king would have had over his young son who was coming up to the throne. You see that. So uh, the, the name Hezekiah, it means strong in the Lord. And doubtless it says here that his mother had much to say in the choice of such a name, reflecting it. So there are mothers that are out there in the world that have godless husbands, but they have children that are godly men and godly women. So I'm saying to you that you can reverse whatever may be on the bloodline by your stance. Did you get that? So don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. You can reverse whatever's on the bloodline about how you stand and what you stand for. So you see, in order for you to step into this place with God, you've got to be one that's ready to forsake everything and have God have his perfect will eventualize itself in your life. Because in the book of Matthew chapter 19 and 29, this is Jesus talking. He says, everyone that have forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. You see that. So we understand here that there is a forsaken that has to take place in order for you to truly walk in the provision that God has for you. There is a, a forsaking of things that have to take place. You see, because in this passage of scripture here, talking about King Hezekiah, he was born into royal lineage. But the one who was supposed to pass down godly information to him abdicated his place. And he was involved in evil things and no doubt would want to pass that on to Hezekiah. But the mother stepped in through her prayers, through her intercession, through her intervention and caused her son to be able to know who the true God was. You see that it says because Hezekiah, what he did is he broke down the high places. A high place is a place where people would come and they would worship. They will set up images in groves. They will set up things at the high places and they would worship there. And so what happens, people became more acquainted with the high place rather than the God of the high place. And you see, you might be dealing with that yourself. You might be in a particular place or worshiping at a place that they worship the place that they've been. It might have been a church that's been around forever and they just love going to the church, but the spirit of God has left the church a long time ago. As a matter of fact, it might be the word Ichabod wrote over the church itself. The glory of God has departed. 
but many people will continue to go back because they're locked into tradition and they're locked into that spirit that says, if you move outside of this, you will be an outcast from the family. You see that? It says, because in this passage, it says that Hezekiah cut down the groves and he broke in pieces the brazen serpent that Moses had made. Now, for all of you that have read this scripture in the Bible, you know that Moses made that brazen serpent for people to look upon it because they were getting bit by serpents. But it was because of their rebellion and because the serpents were biting them. And so he made that brazen serpent with an instruction from the Lord for those that look upon the serpent that they would be healed. And this was a shadow of Christ dying on the cross. In the Old Testament, that's what it was. But what happened is they began to burn incense to the brazen serpent. So that's what we're speaking. Sometimes you can get so accustomed and so acquainted to a certain place that you regard that place as being where God is rather than God being the one that's in the place. Do you see that? you can begin to worship the place more than the God that's supposed to be in the place. This is why there was always a continual movement with the children of Israel because God knows our proclivity to get stuck in a rut. He knows our proclivity to have an experience with God somewhere and begin to worship that place more than the God that's in the place. Do you see that? And it's the same thing today. Ladies and gentlemen, family and friends, if you just joined our broadcast, we are talking about not in my family. So Hezekiah was raised up in a way that it would not be in the family, according to what his mother did, because his mother set him on the path to not follow after the evil influences of his father. So he had it right at this place. Now, on down the line, there was some mishaps, but right here, he got it right because he broke down the high places. He broke the images. He cut down the gross. He cut down everything that these people begin to worship more than they worship God. You see that. And so even in our life, ladies and gentlemen, family and friends, God will come and have to cut things off of us when we begin to worship those things more than we worship him. And it can be in a church that we go to. It can be a personality driven uh, congregation that loves a particular uh, a famous preacher. And you begin to worship that man or that woman more than you worship the God that's in the man or woman. Do you see that? And so that that's idolatry, ladies and gentlemen, family and friends. That's idolatry. And God wants to purge us of idolatry. So you have to be one who made up your mind to say, it's not going to be in my family. I'm not going to let these things that been in my generational bloodline continue in my family. I'm standing up against it. Do you see that? And this is what many of us have to make the decision to do. And yes, it will cause some controversy. It will cause some uh, affliction. It will cause some hard conversations that have to be had. But if you are, in fact, dealing with that in your own particular bloodline, God has shown you something, yet you still, for fear of being ousted and outcast, continue to go back and participate in those things. You will be held accountable for what you know. I'm going to let that sit for a second. You will be held accountable for what you know. You see that. So like, like for me, for instance, in my own family bloodline, I could not go back to the things that God brought me out of, the things that were already laid out before me, even in my upbringing, even in what I saw of the men and even the women in my family doing even those things that I saw and participated in and was accustomed to and was rightfully involved in to the fullest extent. But when God showed his light in my heart and he illuminated me, I had to come out of it. You see that I had to come out of it. So that means removing myself from anything that had any residue 
of what I was involved with before. And some of you on this broadcast, family and friends, you're going to have to make the decision tonight. Because if you're on this broadcast and you're listening tonight, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The Holy Spirit himself will illuminate to you that particular thing that he wants you to hear. He will illuminate to your mind and to your spirit the very conversation that he's probably been having with you about the decision that you're going to have to make. It takes courage. It takes uh, confidence. It takes a boldness to make a move with God to leave a place and go to a new ground that he's called you to. You see that some for some of you, that would mean you may have a bit of support that may be cut off from you. But my question to you is, is God your source or is that person or those group of people your source? I'm going to let that sit for a minute. Some of you may want may not want to pull out because you got ties to them. Maybe they watch your kids. Maybe they uh, bring you uh, some things that you need every now and then. And so for fear of retaliation, you stay locked and in bondage to a tradition and to a system that's not giving God glory and is doing everything outside of what God has really called you to. Do you see that? Some of us are going to have to just get, you're going to have to put your big boy pants on, your big girl pants on, and you're going to have to stand up and say, enough is enough, not in my family. I will not have my children to repeat the same incidents that occurred in what I saw in my life and in those before me. That takes courage. That takes a lot of courage to stand up and say that. That takes a lot of courage to say, I'm coming out of this tradition and I'm going to the high ground that God has called me to. I'm going to the new level that he's called me to. And I'm leaving the old behind because the old is not taking me to where I need to go. It's not bringing me the deliverance that I need. It's not giving me the revelation that I need. I'm not getting taught the way I need to get taught. If you are somewhere and you can rehearse the very same thing every year, you might want to think about being somewhere else. Did you get that? You see, because Holy Spirit is fresh. The Spirit of God is fresh. It moves. It breathes. It has new insight, new revelation, new dimensions. The Holy Spirit himself will breathe new things unto you. He doesn't regurgitate a lot of old stuff. Now, there will be repetitive things that need to be said because you need them to be implanted in your spirit. I need them to be implanted in my spirit. That is a difference. But when you're hearing things that have been recycled through the bin and they have no power, no life change in them, you might want to consider going to a higher ground. Did you get that? So this is what we're talking about tonight. The title of our broadcast tonight is called Not In My Family. Not In My Family. It says here, let's get back to this scripture. It says uh, in, in, in chapter 15, and here we are, we're going to read it in Chronicles now in 15, 2 Chronicles 15. This is where we are, 2 Chronicles 15. It's the same story. So let's hear it. It says, and the spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded. So here we have the spirit of God is moving now. The spirit of God is moving upon this man, the son of Oded. And so when the spirit of God moved on him, what did he do? It says he went out to meet Asa and said unto him, hear ye me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin, the Lord is with you while you be with him. And if you seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. Verse three, not long, not for a long season, Israel has been without the true God and without a teaching priest and without the law. But when they in their trouble did turn unto the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found of them. Do you see that? So here's the spirit of God. This is the fresh wind of God that's come upon somebody to come and speak to Asa. A lot of you may have heard this through someone else. Somebody might have come to you and the spirit of God might have been speaking 
through them to you to make a particular move. You see that. And when you settled in your spirit and you prayed about it and got confirmation, you heard the Holy Spirit speak the very same thing to you. So here it is. It says that in these times, there was no peace to him that went out, nor to him that came in. But great vexations were upon all the inhabitants of the countries. So it says that, listen, there was a lot of chaos going on at this time. There was a lot of vexing. They didn't have a teaching priest. Nobody was standing up speaking the word of God. No one was declaring the things of God. You see that. It says that nation was destroyed of nation, city of city, for God did vex them with all adversity. It says, be strong, therefore, and let not your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. So that was a word of encouragement that came to Asa during this time. How many people know that when you're getting ready to make a move in God, it's good to have somebody to bring you an encouraging word from the Lord? Notice I said an encouraging word of the Lord and not wicked counsel that's been drummed up in the house of demons. You hear that? So it says that when Asa heard these words and the prophecy, see, he needed prophetic unction and function in his life. He heard the prophecy of Oded the prophet. See, if you are in a place and prophecy or the prophetic word is not being pronounced, you are missing the full scope of what God has to offer. Did you hear that? I'm going to let that sit for a minute. I'm going to let it sit for a minute. If you are in a church and the prophetic word is not being declared, prophecy is not being allowed, you are not getting the full counsel of God. I hope you heard that. You are not getting the full counsel of God because God operates in a five tier or five fold dimension. You see that if you're just getting one aspect of it, you are not getting the full breadth of it. The prophetic word brings the wind of God, brings the voice of God in a way that will catapult the congregation and the people to new heights and new dimensions. Now, I understand about all the controversy that's went on between the dynamics of people that operate as prophets and those that are pastors and even those that are apostles and advanced and those kind of things. This is why we need to get this thing right in the body of Christ, because through all of our messiness, the people of God are suffering because we don't function in the capacity of what God has called us to. You see that. So it says here that Asa heard these words and the prophecy of Oded the prophet. When he heard that, he took courage. I'm in verse eight. He says that he put away the abominable idols out of all the land of Judah and Benjamin and out of the cities which he had taken from Mount Ephraim. And he renewed the altar of the Lord that was before the porch of the Lord. Do you see the powerful words in that? He took courage because the prophetic word came on his life. And because of that, he took courage he put away all the idols out of the land. So when you get the prophetic word coming into your life to move you into a new dimension and into a new realm and a new sphere that God has called you to, it will cause you to put anything that's ungodly and cut it out of your life. Do you see that? It says because he put those abominable idols out of the land. And what did he do? He renewed the altar of the Lord. Many of you on this broadcast tonight, after listening to this broadcast, you may want to consider renewing your altar, the altar of your heart to the Lord. Did you hear that? Because when the prophetic word is coming, it's coming to tear down things that are not of God. But not only to tear down things, it's coming to build and to plant those things that are of God. Do you see that? So prophets don't just come. We don't just come to tear stuff down and rip stuff up and pull stuff up. No, we don't come just to do that. Prophets come to tear down what is not of God, but we also come to build what is of God. Do you see that? So it's a difference. So if you got prophetic people in your life, 
you should allow them space to be able to operate in the capacity and the function that God has called them to. Now, like I said, I understand that there are many controversies that goes on within churches because people are walking in levels of immaturity and can't be trusted. You see that? Now, I'm going to say this for here. That, listen, no prophet has the authority to come into any church and take over where a pastor is. Ah, ah I'm going to say that one more time. No prophet has any authority to come in a church and take over where a pastor is. You see that? See, these relationships have to be refined and they have to be worked out. You see that? You operate as a prophet. You're supposed to be there to help assist in the vision that's on the house. But even in turn, as a pastor, you can't shut out the prophet or the apostle that's coming to help you build the vision that God has put on the house. You see that? So that takes a healthy relationship between these particular offices to work right. And see, while we're dealing with all this stuff on that level, my concern, ladies and gentlemen, family and friends, is you. My concern is the people of God that suffer because of the mishandling of the word of God by leadership. You see that? That's what my concern is. My concern is that little boy that's sitting over there that might be uh, six years old that has something significant on his life, but because of the foolishness that's going on at the top level, his mandate will never be activated because no one will recognize it and no one will speak into it because of the foolishness that's going on at the top level. See, that's, that's what I come after tonight. I come after everything that God has said, we got to cut and rip out and we got to plant what I want to plant. You see that? See, so that's why we can't be about ourselves. God has his own particular agenda that he's getting across to the saints of God. Now, for you as a parent, you have to make the decision to say what you're going to allow in your family and what you are not going to allow. So that's why the title of our broadcast tonight is called Not In My Family. You see that if there are things that are going on in your family bloodline that you are saying you will not let surpass or you will not let it come on to the generation that's coming behind you, you're going to have to take a stand. You're going to have to take a stand. These things pertain to things in the spiritual dimension and even in the natural. So let's finish looking at this scripture. It says that he gathered all Judah and Benjamin and the strangers with them out of Ephraim and Manasseh and out of Simeon, for they fell to him out of Israel in abundance when they saw that the Lord his God was with him. So they gathered themselves together at Jerusalem in the third month in the 15th year of the reign of Asa. So you see that. When people are, when people can see that God is with you, they will acquiesce. Did you hear that? When people see that God is with you, they will acquiesce. That means they will turn to, they will get with the program, in other words. Verse 11, it says, they offered unto the Lord the same time of the spoil which they had bought, 700 oxen and 7,000 sheep. Verse 12, and they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their heart, with all their soul. Verse 13, that whosoever would not seek the Lord God of Israel should be put to death, whether small or great, whether man or woman. And they swear unto the Lord with a loud voice and with shouting, with trumpets and with cornets. And all Judah rejoiced at the oath, for they had sworn with all their heart and sought him with their whole desire. And he was found of them, and the Lord gave them rest round about. And here it is, the same scripture again in another passage, verse 16. It said, and also concerning Makkah, the mother of Asa the king, he removed her from being queen because she had made an idol in a grove, and Asa cut down her idol, stamped it, and burnt it at the brook Kidron. Now, I want you to look at what Asa did. I read that scripture before in the beginning. 
Now we're talking about not in my family. So this was a determination of the king Asa. Not only did he cut down the idol, that's the first thing. You got to cut down what is not of God in your family lineage and what is not of God in your life. It says, then he stamped it. That means he stamped on it. He put his foot to it. He crushed it. You see that? He stamped on the idol. That's a beating down. You see that? You got to get to a place in your life, ladies and gentlemen, where you're going to beat down the enemy and what he's done through your blood lineage. You got to beat down the spirit that is activated in the family lineage that's causing your people to be in bondage. You see that? Asa did those three things. He cut down the idol first and then he stamped it. That means he stomped on it with his feet. And not only that, the last thing he did, he burnt it. You see that? He burnt it. So that was a sacrifice. He burnt it. He, he totally eradicated it. He annihilated it. He burnt it so that it was visible no more. You see that? But then verse 17 says, but the high places were not taken away out of Israel. Nevertheless, the heart of Asa was perfect all his days. You see that? So there's so much that goes into this that even when you start a thing, you got to take it all the way because it says here the high places were not taken away, even though, even though his heart was perfect all his days. You see that? So we're understanding that, listen, in the last days, which the days that we are living in, there are perilous things that are happening. According to 2 Timothy chapter 3, let's go there. This is what it is. Second Timothy chapter three. Let's read it real quick. It says, <clears throat> this know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come for men shall be lovers of their own selves. And you know, that's true. This is a selfie generation. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy. That sounds like everything we got going on today. It says, number three, without natural affection. Truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Then it goes on even more. Verse four, it says, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. And this is the verse here. Verse five, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. What does it say? From such turn away. Do you see that? Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. That, ladies and gentlemen, is talking about going into these different edifices, into these different sanctuaries, into these different churches, into these different organizations, into these different relationships. And it looks like it got a form of godliness. It's religious on the outside. It got all the trappings of what it looks like to be godly. But it denies the real power because the real power means that there is an internal transformation that takes place. Do you see that? An internal transformation takes place. You see that? That means that I should not be, if I'm standing as a man of God, preaching to you one Sunday, and as soon as we leave the pulpit, then I'm out there and I'm smoking and drinking with you as we walk out the door. Do you see that? That's denying the power. That's saying that God is, he's good enough to save me, but he's not good enough to deliver me. Do you see that? So you, ladies and gentlemen, family and friends, you have to make the decision of what you're going to allow and what you're going to disallow. The title of our broadcast tonight has been called Not In My Family. And so our prayer tonight is that if you have heard something that has sparked your spirit and God has been speaking to you about escaping the Babylonian captivity that you might be under, then my suggestion would be pray and seek the wisdom and the counsel of God of how he wants you to move to the higher ground. My name is James Foss. This is The Defender. 
We are on every Sunday at 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Once again, you can be a partner with us. Go to anchor.fm forward slash the hyphen defender. Go on our page and you can, become, you can become a part of our broadcast. You can become a partner with us. We have a three-tier level that you can give at, 99 cent, $4.99, and also $9.99. Listen, it's been a pleasure. It's been awesome to be with you. We pray that something has touched your spirit and that God has spoken to you tonight. We will see you again next Sunday at the same time. Have yourself a wonderful week. God bless. The Defender is an online radio broadcast geared toward teaching the Word of God. Our aim is to present the scriptures of the Bible in an informative, systematic process that exalts the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We strive for the inner and accurate interpretation of the scriptures by revelation from the Holy Spirit. We are established to give us counsel as pertains to what he has revealed in his word. Tune in next time for The Defender. The Defender is copyrighted by James Fox Ministries and the Resilient Christian Radio Network.